0: Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome back from that awesome moment of worship. I really hope that you had a chance to worship through that and just experience God. And even better, just knowing that we were all doing that together. I am Kyle Smith. I'm the executive pastor here at Simple Church, and I'm so thankful that you chose to tune in with us today. So last week we started a new series called The Church Defined, because what we've determined is that the way we were doing things before wasn't working. Things like defining the church as the building, defining the church as a Sunday service, limited to an hour or that one hour check-in that you're doing. It's just not working the way that we've known. And it's just not about the attendance. It's not about the delicious cup of hot coffee that we get. Last week was a focus on defining the church and knowing that we belong to heaven. And so welcome to week two, where it is all about authentic relationships. And so I'm here to challenge you to leave behind those non-committal casual relationships. We've become accustomed to the culture around us and that's influenced how we engage and interact with our spouses, with our friends. It it, it, uh, influences how we engage with our workforce as an employee. It even influences our relationship with God. Church culture has has affected that as well with our relationships. What was interesting was last week, listening to Pastor Aaron talk about experiencing first class for the first time. I have never experienced that flying myself, so I have to live vicariously through him. When he talks about finding and thinking about a better way that something happens, um, I'm somebody who really likes metaphors and analogies, and so just thinking about something that could be better in this kind of way, it's kind of thinking of food. I'm a foodie. I love coffee. I love pizza, tacos, all of that. And it reminds me of the time someone blew my mind that there was like a secret menu item at our local donut shop called um, Jolly Pirate. And someone told me that you could get the long john double dipped, double stuffed. Straight changed my life because I had no idea that you could do that because I've always just rolled in and ordered the long john and uh, gone about my day. Enjoyed it, really love it. But someone told me that you could do that and felt like it was one of those secret menu items. I've seen it too with my daughter. She's 11 and she loves Starbucks. And I'm a venti americano all day every day does not matter i do not change i'm a creature of habit and she discovered that you can order this cotton candy frappuccino it's not on the board it's not there but she found a better way to experience starbucks that was a great way for her really love that but if you were to just roll into that starbucks you wouldn't experience it that same way it's not up on the board you can't just order it and point it out to the barista you'd have to ask for it and sometimes even That means sharing with them what goes into that recipe as well. And so even approaching a relationship can be like that. We're so used to just kind of seeing it at face value, right? And experiencing just a surface level of what we can have in it. But there's really so much more available to us. There's more in store for us. And in order to access more of what God has for us, we need to define some things maybe even quit or reevaluate how we do those things as individuals and the church as a whole. And I understand that looks different because right now we can't just be a church that simply quits because things look different right now. They're not what they once were. We're no longer meeting in a building right now. Today, Sunday, we're not in a building together. But through technology, we are together. So we can't be defined as a group that, just comes together in a building and meets up or just knows the words to a song together, or even listens into the messages to see how many times pastor Aaron is going to reference Chipotle somewhere. So this is where it helps to know what is going on to help understand how we walk through this new defined church. In Hebrews 12, 1, two, it reads, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. So this isn't just about the necessarily the bad stuff and what sin is, because sin is missing the mark of what God has for us, missing the mark of God's best for what he's laid out for our life. But there's other things too that keep us from doing what we've been called to do and running that race. It says it right there that throw off every, everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles us. Because it's easy to get weighed down in our life. It's really easy to be overwhelmed, especially during this pandemic. Things have shifted for us. Work could look different if you're working remotely. School certainly looks different if you have school-aged children who have now been sent home to do a distance learning. It looks wildly different, and those things can weigh us down and certainly hinder us from running the race that God's called out before us. That's not necessarily sin. That is just, those are things that are weighing us down. And at this time, especially with a series like this, it's about defining how we can interact as the church and as the body of Christ interacting with each other. So last week, we had a focus on belonging to heaven, which means that we can change our perspective to look forward to heavenly solutions instead of just looking for solutions to our earthly problems. Sometimes that means that we keep our eyes fixed down right here on the things that are around us instead of looking forward. It also means that sometimes we choose convenience over commitment. And I think that speaks volumes to a lot of things that are going on in our life. I would really encourage you to go back and watch it or even listen to it. It's a great message. So for authentic relationships, what does it say? What does the word say about that? Genesis 2, 18. And then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. What's interesting is that that's not just a good idea, that's a God idea. And I think it's good to remember too that when God said this in Genesis, that this was a perfect creation that had occurred and stuff. It wasn't during the middle of a pandemic. It wasn't during a lot of the chaos that we see throughout the world. This was something out of an order that God created so perfectly and was so happy with. And then decided at that time too, it was still a God idea to decide that man should not be alone. And that's not just speaking to relationships for a marriage. These are authentic relationships with others as well, because God designed us to need people. We were designed to be in community. Think about how we develop as humans. The first few years of our lives are integral to our development and also for the emotional and physical growth for us. I have one daughter with my husband, Derek. Her name is Dresden. And as a baby, she barely knew a stranger. We would hand her off to others and let th- let them hold her and stuff, but she was super happy. She loved to be with other people, and that was fantastic. And what I noticed, too, was when we signed her up for preschool, because of the stigma of her being an only child, and I didn't want her to grow up with being told, oh, you don't know how to do this because you're an only child, or she doesn't share Kyle she's not good at she's not good at being in the classroom because she doesn't share with others i was so worried about that i stuck her into preschool for one day a week and then increased that to 3 days a week simply based on how much she was growing from her experience there it wasn't to just get away from social stigmas around having one child in my family It was because I could see how she would light up and run towards her preschool teachers and how she was learning to interact with her little friends and her motor skills, how they were developing. It's integral to their development and their social skills. I agree with all of that. It's hard raising a child that's in a one child family, but that was such a great point of development for her. And that's why we also chose to put her into two other days a week. But then it made me realize too about some of the other experiences that I've had. When I was younger, I would babysit because I was at home with Dresden. I had the opportunity to care for other children while their parents were at work. And I had the privilege of babysitting a little guy and he came from a situation that he had been neglected. And unfortunately he had been left in his car seat for so long that if he was placed down in it, even if I was getting ready to return him to the the guardian at that time, Even when I did that, he would scream and cry because his need and desire for relationship was so strong. But the minute you would grab, grab him for the day from that guardian and take him into the house and you'd scoop him up out of that car seat, he would be so happy because we crave and desire relationship. And you can see that happen with, with these littles, but we notice it in other contexts and situations as well. Right? So is it, it's just not good for us to be alone. We need that community. And so it makes you beg the question, how much different could life look if we really engaged in community? Big buzzword I've seen on Pinterest all the time is tribe. Find your tribe, get your people, you know, rise up and be committed to each other, take care of one another. And that is amazing. Even better is that it's a buzzword that we see in the Bible as well. It occurs over 445 times Because tribe also means common language, common belief. Tribe is a group of people who do life together, who serve each other, who serve other people and who care and love one another. This is about supporting one another. We want to be a tribe. We don't want to be just a congregation. We want to be in community and create that. Sometimes we see church as a place to attend and we start to feel like we're in these small silos of relationships and we see it in other areas too. We see it in work. We have work friends. We have our gym friends. We have our church friends. We have the neighborhood. There's friends within the neighborhood that we have. And I'm just going to say it. There's also Facebook groups that some people belong to. And it's great because we have those Facebook friends, but what happens is that nobody really knows what's up. Nobody really knows what we're struggling with and how to really care for us or love us or support us sometimes. What's important is that God knows what's what's important for this and why God wants us to belong together, to have that tribe, to have that community. It's kind of like defining family, right? If we read in the Bible that we see the call out to brothers and sisters in Christ, this is about a family where we can belong. And brothers and sisters, they know each other. They see the really good stuff about each other. They can celebrate the successes and the really fun times. But they also point out some faults. They know some weakness. They know the struggles sometimes along the way because you're in community with them. You know them well. I have four other brothers and sisters. We have a 14-year age, age gap between us. And my siblings, they are great at calling out faults. I'm a sibling. I've been known to do that too with them. But we're in community together. We have relationship with each other. And I think that's just as important because God wants us to belong. And when we become brothers and sisters in Christ, we really do have these opportunities to create authentic relationships with each other. Now, I'm not saying that you should grow up and fight each other as a brother and sister in Christ the way that my siblings and I fought each other growing up because we have some stories. And until recently, I did not even realize that some siblings don't fight or even play fight the way that my family did so it was super interesting but this is how we can belong so god called us to be a tribe not just this congregation a tribe a community before we defined it as our church friends but just remember that that can cause those silos the the silos of relationships even keep some of those relationships compartmentalized now more than ever we need the opportunity to take that superficial church-friend relationship to a deeper level. Especially right now during a pandemic, this might look like picking up the phone or getting on Zoom and having a conversation with someone to check in with them. Because I get it, I know. It is really easy to say, oh, I'll talk to them on Sunday when I see them. But Sunday may look significantly different right now until we meet in a building again. We may not have the opportunity to have a face-to-face conversation with someone. Attending church and belonging to the body of Christ are two different things. There is power and community and in Sundays, and I love the Sunday morning experience. The environments are super exciting. I love to see the kids come in. I love that adults know each other by name and hand each other cups of coffee and high-five each other and walk in. I love that you get seated. It is an experience. I love it so much. Coming to church on Sunday is a very exciting thing for me. Now that looks wildly different. But it's also exciting to know that when we gather, we're gathering as a body, not just a cell, not just individuals, but a body, a group coming together. And we'll talk about what happens when we do that. There's also ways to think about community or even authentic community where it's real and it's vulnerable. There's authenticity to those relationships. And I'm just gonna say it, it just cannot happen on Sunday. It can't happen when you roll into the car and wave hi to your parking lot people and you are hurrying and bustling in to get your kids into kids church. You just can't have that when you are jumping and grab your coffee and say hi and sit down and listen to the message and then run to your car and peace out for the week. That's not authentic community. It also just can't happen in 60 minutes when you give that to your Sunday. You were made for more than, than that. God wired you differently. Wired you differently than to just come in for that 60 minutes on Sunday and to think that you're good. And again, that's just been a cultural influence where it's one more thing to do and we're looking for ways to streamline and make it faster and get through the system. That's become a cultural thing. It's easy to fall into that when culture influences our lives because we want to stay connected. We have an innate desire to stay connected but not be too connected. So it's easy to see that on that Sunday, when you run into the parking lot and you run in to grab your coffee, that we feel like we're connected. When we say, Hey, how are you? And the typical response is, I'm fine. We don't really know what's going on, but it's easy to feel like we're connected, but we're not. And we know people. We may even know tons of people on social media, but we're more disconnected than ever when it comes to authentic relationships. I'm not against social media, I've used it for years, I enjoy a lot of what it can do for people and to establish relationships together, but it's not everything. There's more to the relationship than a friend request, the obligatory picture scroll, come on, I know that you have done that before because some of y'all have been hitting on my like 2011 pictures before, and the random likes and comments. There's just more to a relationship than that. It's great and it can be a booster to relationship but there's more that is called for. And so how could we use it well? In social media, we're connected to people, but we're not. They don't know you. They might know of you. Personally, for me, this was a realization a few years ago when someone came into service and said, oh my gosh, Kyle, hi, nice to see you. And I felt so silly because I did not know who this person was. And then it hit me like a brick when she said, Oh, we're friends on Facebook. And that was sad, not because we were friends on Facebook. It was because we've defined relationships that way. I didn't know who this person really was. I had accepted a friend request. And that makes me ask questions of what kind of friend do I want to be? Do I want to be a friend who walks in and doesn't recognize someone, doesn't understand their voice or doesn't know their name when I see their face? That's something I was asking myself and through that process, even creating, even creating dialogue over when I was in conversations with someone, I don't know what's going on with their life because I found myself saying things like, Oh yeah, I saw that on Facebook. Oh yeah. I saw that you guys did that on Facebook, which sounds really great, but it really pointed out to me that I did not know what was going on in their life. All I saw was a, a highlight reel. It's where Facebook can be great. It's where social media can be great and it can be a great tool, but it's not everything and it's not all that we can do to be an authentic relationship with others. Now I want you to know I'm not completely against it. This is just something personally for me that I decided to walk out that I don't just want to be a Facebook friend. I want something greater, something better. There's also something to say about calling versus texting. We want to connect with people but we don't want to be too connected to people, right? Like we will avoid picking up that phone call at all costs. We will literally watch that phone ring and then message them immediately. Hey, I saw you called. What's up? It can work. You can do that. Not even entirely against it. But is that all that there is? I don't think that there is. There's got to be more. Because I believe we want to have our church friends But sometimes we're not honest enough to say that we don't want genuine friends. We just want church friends. We want the Facebook friends. It's time to quit the silos of relationships and to even get out of the traps that we fall into because of culture's influence. We can have authentic relationships. So what are some of the roadblocks to authentic relationships? We've all experienced them and we have them. There are some very real barriers and roadblocks in our life. And we probably have similar experiences in the same culture. There's past hurts. There are true relational wounds and all of us have them. That could be from work, something that happened at church, something that happened in family. And I know that you know what I'm talking about. I've experienced it too. Even through church, some of the stories that I hear are so sad especially when it happens through church, right? A place where you should be able to come in and be welcome and feel vulnerable and feel that you can share without being judged. And sometimes you get hurt. And we should have community there, right? Maybe you shared and someone stabbed you in the back and you're sitting over there like, I thought we was friends. What happened? It's true. It's happened. I've experienced that. And we've been hurt and we guard ourselves. We we put a roadblock into place so that we keep ourselves from being hurt ever again, right? And if you've been hurt and you stay away from relationships because of it, I just want you to know that Jesus knows you're hurt. And I'm not saying that to, to sound cliche. I'm not saying that just because it's a, a feel-good type of thing to say. That's because Jesus literally knows that kind of relational pain. Jesus had 12 people close to him The apostles. And when we think about the weakest moments that Jesus was going through, when we think about that, you need a friend to be there for you. You need a friend to stand and support you and have your back more than ever on any kind of bad day. That's the day to be there is when you need that person. And two of them hurt him. We have Judas who gives Jesus over where Jesus gets taken and beaten and killed. And we also have Peter who denies him three times. And Jesus knew that it was going to happen. But he, maintained, but he maintained relationship with them. And he knew it was going to happen. Jesus knows that kind of deep relational pain. He knows you're hurt. When we've been hurt and we have those red blocks, we've got to find ways to work past being offended, to get past being hurt, because it will only hurt our future. I'm not saying that your hurt wasn't real and what you've experienced was not real. That is not what I'm saying at all. But there are steps that we can take to heal from that and to experience relationship for the future so that we can work from it. Philippians 3, 13-14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus So this is a chance to respond. People are going to hurt us. Have you ever heard the phrase, hurt people hurt people? It's true. It's applicable, applicable, and it's real. It's important to remember that we're all imperfect people. We have hurts. We have baggage. We have struggles. How we as individuals choose to respond is going to influence the outcome of what's to come. We have to move from some of these things. That doesn't mean that you can't have boundaries. Because boundaries are really healthy. They are great to have in your life. But it's a choice to move past the barrier to allow yourself to experience authentic community. It's a, to push forward and ahead. One of the other things that keeps us away from relationships is our personality. We will hide behind that in order to avoid having authentic relationships with others. Sometimes we identify as the introvert. And that could look like we're diagnosing situations that we might be more cautious or more serious. Sometimes that just makes it really hard for you to connect with people. And then there's your extroverts. I am someone who definitely is extroverted. I feel like I can walk into a room and it's kind of like a hurricane, just comes in and takes on over. But that doesn't excuse me from it. And that doesn't necessarily make it easy because extroverts, what we'll do sometimes is we have lots of friends but we don't have a lot of people who really know what's going on. I can speak from personal experience there. Lots of friends that I love and care about that I know love and care for me. And there have been times where I've been struggling with something and walking through it and have had a very close friend say, why didn't you tell us? Why are you walking this alone? You don't have to do this alone. And it's not because they just want to know what's going on so they can go home and talk about it. It's because they love and care for me. Because it's really easy to put on a smile and say, everything is fine. Everything's great. Sometimes it's just not. But sometimes we need those people to walk along with us. But that doesn't excuse us just because of our personalities. It also means that we don't want to be alone. Proverbs 18.1, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. It's interesting because when we do this, we're putting our desires and preferences over God's will for us. We're designed to do life together, but yet we continue to isolate. And sometimes we have roadblocks to authentic community because of perspective. Sometimes we literally just have the wrong lens on. Sometimes we see the authentic community as just not being needed. We'll say things like, I already went to church one time this week. How could I go back? We'll say things like, it's weird. It's awkward getting to know people. What will it be like if I join a small group? They're talking about these, what will happen? Are we just gonna sit around and talk about our feelings? Well, maybe, but that's if you choose to join a study group or something. They might ask you to be vulnerable, that might happen. But there are some awesome things that you can get involved in when you get to know some people. You might join a group that goes ax throwing. That's amazing, it's a great time. Sometimes it's just about shifting our perspective. We'll let our perspective get in the way of having those authentic relationships. Romans 12, 4-5 reads, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. Our nose looks different than our ear. They serve different functions, part of the same body. Our elbow looks different than our ankle, but still part of the same body. It's a shift in our perspective, right? That we can all belong together and serve and be part of one. It's also a great way of looking at unity and diversity within the body of Christ. We belong together so we can shift our perspective and work towards removing barriers to have better relationships. All right, now buckle up because this one's a good one. And it's going to get you because it typically does. Our last roadblock to having authentic relationships, two words, too busy. I don't know how many times I've heard that over the years and I did sit down and calculate it. It's been almost 15 years that Derek and I have been in small groups together and this isn't, that's not to brag, that's literally sharing that we value them and we love them so much because we get to know other people But this is also looking at too, when I get so excited about something, I want other people to join in with me. And so this is where I've heard so often where I go and say to someone like, Hey, oh my gosh, I joined this group. You should really come join me. And that's right here. I can't just too busy. Schedule won't allow it. That's okay. I get it. You have work, you have kids, you have school, we have spouses, we have hobbies. Don't forget. We have Netflix, Hulu, Disney plus. We'll find ways to make ourselves busy. We will find that. And if you are too busy, I get it. I'm busy too. Sometimes we just can't fit one more thing in. And if you're really just too busy and the things that are keeping you busy are pulling you from God's divine plan for your life, then you are too busy. And I know that may seem harsh for some, but this is about looking at adjusting our priorities. It may, mean, it may even mean a lifestyle change to fit God's plan, not the other way around. In my head, it's kind of like thinking like, oh my gosh, God, why didn't that happen? And why, why is this not working out the way that I want? And then kind of God's saying like, well, hey, you only squeezed me in for like 45 minutes last week. So I, I don't know where to fit into your life. Because when we put God into our lifestyle and what we want and try to manipulate God's will for us, I feel like that's what happens. Well, hey, you only put me into here. I can't. Take care of it all. But when we shift and we adjust those priorities into God's will for us, it could look significantly different. God, why didn't this work out? And God can clearly speak to some of those things that are going on, "Hey, I'm still working on you here. I'm still looking for you to grow here." Some of you might need to know that some things have to change. That's OK. It's OK. Because we've allowed that to be an excuse. There have been seasons where Derek and I have taken some time off from being involved in a small group, but that didn't take us away from being involved in community with others. In fact, one time we took time away from being in a grow group, and I felt like we missed out on so much because it's so exciting to be with other people. It's so exciting to be in community. I felt like we didn't even know what was going on. And we were taking that time to just grow together and work on our marriage. It's okay. It's okay to adjust some of the things that are going on. Psalm 127, 1, 2 reads Unless the Lord build the house, its builders labor in vain, unless the Lord protects the city. Its watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for bread to eat, for he gives sleep to his beloved. So, in context of not having God's blueprint for our life, it's just busyness. We're created for community and to have authentic relationships. So, don't just attend, belong. We can have authentic relationships. Let me show it to you and even in even the early church. In Acts 2, 42 through 47, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love that it says that the Lord added to their number daily that those were who, daily those who were being saved. That's amazing. That's super exciting, right? I mean, I think that the church can be an exciting entity. It can be an exciting place on earth. And it really is. Because God wants to see us grow. He wants to see everybody saved and experience a home in heaven with him. Something also happens when we dwell together in unity. Now, I'm sure you might like small church. Maybe you've, you've even said, oh, I just like the feel of a small church. I, I just like how it, how it feels like people know me. Maybe you've heard that. Maybe you've said that. Maybe you've said things like, oh, this church just feels too big. Even over the last several years, we've seen growth stages here at Simple Church. And so it can feel different. But sometimes it's about acknowledging too when we say, oh, we just really want a small church feel back. That sometimes we're just saying things like, I just want to go where everybody knows my name. But sometimes saying that also means I want to go everywhere everywhere. Or, I want to go somewhere where everyone knows my name, but nobody knows my secrets. Nobody knows anything that's going on with me. Because we'll say it through things like, oh, I showed up today and I didn't get anybody's name. I didn't get to meet any new people. I didn't get to know anyone. But truth be told, that's not the goal of Sunday. You can't develop an authentic relationship on Sunday, it just can't happen. It's also a great reminder of thinking that God wants his house full to reach lost sons and daughters. This isn't for us to, to come in and feel that known and feel like everybody knows our name. This is an experience to help reach someone who needs community and people more than ever. The goal of Sunday is to bring the tribe together under one vision. Even look at it now, we're a tribe coming together. We're not even under the same roof. We're under the same vision to reach people far from Jesus. That's what that looks like. And I realize it looks wildly different right now. But there are still things that can happen when we dwell in unity, because we have one common language and we have one common belief to see signs and wonders and to know and believe that miracles can happen. Even the early church had it two ways. God wanted the church to grow larger and smaller, larger by salvation and repentance to know Jesus and to have a relationship with Jesus. But also to know that it's not good for us to be alone we need that authentic community we just can't know people intimately by the numbers of 75 people 100 people or more we just can't it it, it can't happen jesus even had 12 people that were close to him even two years ago i did the math someone saying that they felt like uh, aaron and shanda should have a date night with everybody from the church at that point in time with our growth if they did that every single week, even if they committed to that, they could not serve every person and or couple, even if they took one to two nights a week for the entire year. It just can't happen. It's not because they don't love you. It's not because they don't want to have a relationship with you. It's just a lot to ask two people to step into that position instead of spreading it out further and having different relationships with each other. I like to do math stuff every once in a while, but it's, it's true. We just can't know people intimately like that 75 to hundred people. That means remembering their name, remembering that their kids are in whatever kind of sports or orchestra that, that means remembering that they have cats or dogs or allergies or that a family member was ill or that they've experienced some traumatic loss. That means remembering all of that. And that's so hard. It's hard enough when we think about it on a, on a platform of 10 to 12 people. We just can't do it. It's not realistic and it's not because we don't love each other. It's not because we don't want good things for each other. It's just harder to know people intimately like that. So how can we grow larger and even smaller? One of the ways to grow smaller is through Grow Groups. Grow Groups are a place for authentic community. There are three reasons why. You can grow, you can heal, and you can be known. You can grow in your grow group. We believe in growth. Growth is one of the five beliefs in our culture playbook here at simple church. It's the behaviors of intentional, spiritual, and personal development, because the outcome results that we are more like Jesus every day. We believe you can grow and you can grow at a table, at a couch, out getting food. You can grow with people and be an authentic community with them. And I know that there are things out there that talk about growing intellectually, which I love and I think is amazing, but growing intellectually doesn't always transfer to growing spiritually. There's some part of revelation and application to transformation. Revelation being like a, oh, that makes sense. Those are things I should do. Going to application of I'm doing that or I'm going to do and making sure that we get to there, which results in the transformation. That things change that we can grow, that we are going to different levels. Revelation can happen, but if it doesn't do anything outside of there, if we don't take a step, then there's no application and it doesn't ever become transformation. We don't grow then. And if revelation stops there and it doesn't even go to an application, then that's all it remains, information. Revelation just remains information there. Those are the things like, I know I could do that. I know I could grow, but I don't take steps." You can grow in authentic community in groups. It's also not just growing in those ways, but you can also gain knowledge and working on your character. These are great things that we can do together with other people. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen reads, "...as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another." This is a great way of saying, get your cutting edge on, get into community with other people to grow together and to keep developing. The next reason why we believe in it is because you can heal. Remember those roadblocks we were talking about and the pain that we've experienced before when you're in authentic community and have authentic relationships with others. You can heal. James 5.16 reads, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. You can truly heal. People can stand with you and pray with you and be there for you. And honestly, more often than not, there is probably someone in that community with you that has walked what you are walking and can be there and be a great support to you. If anything over so many years of being involved in groups there have been things in my marriage that has been really painful but there's healing in having other people to walk that out with us there's healing there because someone could say hey we struggled with that too these are some things that we put into place to safeguard us and these are some things that we focus on now you can heal number 3 is you can be known everybody can know your name I know this is where it cues the cheer song. If you know this show that you want to go where everybody knows your name, or I might even say it, you can be known just like the TV hit show friends. And that's why it's so popular, right? It's community. They know each other. They have a relationship with each other. There's shenanigans that they get into. There's things that happen that are sad and even make you mad, but they're all there together, friends. And it's popular, why? Because we're attracted to a community. There are even studies out there on what it does to someone when you say their name. Have you ever been through the grocery store and just happened to check out that little name tag on someone and call them out by name? Okay, thanks Susan for taking care of this today. I really appreciate that. And look them in the eyes and see their entire demeanor change because there's something powerful about saying someone's name. There's something really great about hearing your name come out of someone else's mouth. There's power there. In Ecclesiastes 4:12, and though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Groups and community can offer that. Authentic relationships can offer that. We're not meant to experience the brokenness of life alone. There is so much growth and and healing that is available to each of us. We've got to quit letting relationships pass us by. We've got to step away from our silos of isolation and develop some genuine friendships. So maybe it's time that we stop attending and start belonging to a church defined of authentic relationships because we've been doing church that way. But if we do it God's way, we can experience these authentic relationships. There's blessing in defining ourselves the way God's word says, where we can grow, where we can heal. We can be known. And that's the better way that God designed for us. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your word and your design for each of us to experience authentic relationships. Help us to remove roadblocks to authentic community. And thank you for showing us the ways for us to engage with others where we can grow, where we can heal, and where we can be known. And maybe there are some of you that are looking to take steps towards that authentic relationship with Jesus today. If you're here and you feel that need to know God, awesome. Maybe there's something that went wrong and you are far and just ready to come back. And if you're ready to take that step, we can pray, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I believe you died for my sins. I invite you to come into my life. Come be Lord of my life. Make me brand new, change me, and I will serve you all of my days. And I pray all that in your holy name, amen. If you chose to say yes to Jesus, I want you to know that all of heaven celebrates with you. And we wanna celebrate with you too. So click the raise your hand button over on your screen. And then also fill out one of the digital connect cards because we wanna help you take your next steps. We wanna help you with information on getting a Bible if you need one. Also the next step of baptism. Grow groups are open and starting this week and you can follow the link to get signed up for a group where you can experience authentic relationships. Thank you so much for joining us and we can't wait to see you here next week. Back to you, Pastor Aaron.
0: Thanks Kyle, glad to be back with you guys. First, let me celebrate with those that said yes to Jesus today. Come on, celebrate with them over here in the chat box. Let them know they made the best decision of their lives. And if you made that decision today, would you click the connect card? Would you fill it out and say, I said yes to Jesus today so that we can give you some information and begin walking with you? Because you know what? You're not meant to do the spiritual journey alone. We are your church. We are your people. We are your tribe. And we wanna walk with you through authentic relationships. So it starts there. Give us an opportunity and we, so we can connect with you. Now today, as we wrap up our time first, I wanna remind you that there are give opportunities. You can click this button up here that will help you uh, get to our giving resources or they're appearing on the screen right now. You can mail in a check if you'd like to, you can give online or text to give, which is the way that I choose to do that. You can text 84321 in any dollar amount, your very first time, it'll respond with a link so that you set up your information. And uh, and from then on, it's so easy just to type in whatever dollar amount you wanna give and it'll do that for you. So that's the way I like to. To do it, super convenient. But again, thank you so much for your giving. This past week, we wanna celebrate that you, above and beyond our tithes and our offerings, gave $1,300 to the Dream Center through our grocery drive as well as a truck full of groceries that we dropped off. Man, what an incredible difference. We know that that $1,000 helped to feed at least two communities, two and a half communities, uh, each for, for a week, uh, a week worth of groceries. So well done, Simple Church. You are making a difference. Thank you for doing that and being part of that. Now, let me share one last thing with you before we depart. First of all, uh, this week coming up is Third Thursday. So on Thursday night at 6 p.m. 6 p.m.? Yes, 6 p.m. 6.30, excuse me, 6.30 p.m. We will air Third Thursday. That is our Leadership for Life series. So whether you are a leader or consider yourself a leader, uh, know that you are, because leadership boils down to influence, and we want to help you grow in your leadership. We value you. We value the influence that you can make, not only at home, but on the job, in your community, in every area of your life, and we want to help you grow in that. So plan to join us this Thursday at 6 30 p.m. right here at our online campus, and then you can you can grow in that area. Be intentional about it. Make your plan to do that this week. And then also our birthday is coming up. Simple Church is turning seven years old. Can you believe it? And so we wanna celebrate with you and the way that we're gonna do that is a Zoom birthday party so given the fact that we're in the middle of this pandemic and it's still not wise to gather together in such large numbers we're gonna gather onto a zoom chat call we've got some fun videos to share some incredible gifts to give away and some fun to be had like you want to join us so that will be at 2 p.m. following next Sunday's service we'll announce it and share the links on our social media and in next Sunday's service but mark it on your calendar plan to be with us. that Sunday, May 24th at 2 p.m. We'll have a birthday party over Zoom. It's going to be a great time, and I would love to see you there. All right, guys. Hey, listen, that wraps up our service for this week. Make sure that you, sh- you share this content with somebody. Invite them to church next Sunday if you weren't able to do that this week. We love you guys. We cannot wait to see you here soon, and definitely back here next Sunday. God bless.